some of this, Michael. Be one of us. I said, I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains. No way in the hallway. Welcome to the Spook House, everybody. It's good to be back yet for another episode. And today I'm joined by my friend Josh Schaefer. Yo, what up? Thanks for having me. From Lunch Meat VHS. Feeling the Spook House today. Yeah, man. We are in the Spook Shed behind my house. Not on Skype today. Um, Just putting this out there. Come springtime, me and Josh are going to be like ready to whoop some ass on the basketball court. Yeah, I mean... If we, you don't know, now you know. Yeah. So we've been uh, hooping it up, draining some threes. Yeah. Foul line, super solid. I think I'm like 87 percent. <laughs> you know. Yeah, man, getting a lot better. You got some moves too, man. You know, you got some serious dishes. I mean, like it's thanks, it's, man. Yeah, man. I mean, it's it's all it's a team game, so it's about the passing too. You know. It's, yeah. It's not just always about draining the shot. It's like that's true. Hands and. Can we get this point? I'm We've ready. all seen White Man Can't Jump. Yeah, I mean, he can't. Come this spring, that's going to be me and you. I'm Wesley Snipes. Oh, uh, well, I, I certainly <laughs> can't dunk, and I'm not going to bet it all, but, you know, I'll take that. Rosie Perez is going to show up, too. Both balling. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Um, so, yeah, you run Lunch Meat, of course, and if you haven't yet, go check out our old episode that we did a while back. On, oh, that was a good one, yeah. Yeah over skype but yeah um so how's lunch meat and all that going everything is rewind radical at lunch meat keeping busy uh doing a lot of vhs releases of course just did the last blockbuster sold out very quickly like 40 minutes or something i was amazed and really excited and thank you everybody that bought one if you did we'll have another run of that coming soon um some more vhs releases coming out with some really cool titles uh rent a pal if you haven't seen that movie it's a really awesome kind of dark horror descent into madness excited to put that on tape because it makes so much sense and a lot of other stuff coming up too um new issue new gear new tape head gear all the time so we're always going and flowing over there hell yeah i dig the sweatpants man hey man got the mineral wash the ac slater style oh man you gotta stay you gotta stay mineral (laughs) you know you gotta be you gotta stay vh stylish (laughs) it's the ultimate rewind and climb comfort let me tell you that's right Whenever I'm on the couch, you know, like watching some tapes, I put on my VHS having his sweatpants and I'm right there. Or when you're balling on the courts. Hey, man, it's it's multi-purpose. Yeah. You know, you can, <laughs> you can always, it's, it's great because you can be VH styling, but you can also be totally cozy. So, oh. Yeah, you know. Be rewind radical. Indeed. <laughs> well, cool, man. Yeah, I've got a... Actually, I've got a few of your releases over there that I have yet to watch. Mm-hmm. Got Satan's Slaves, One Cut of the Dead, got Scare Package. Yeah, those were fun. Those are all Shudder titles. Um, so do you have like a good relationship with Shudder? Yeah, they're cool. I, I talk with RLJ, um, who uh, pretty much you know distributes Shudder, and uh, 
I'm going to be reissuing Scare Package in one cut and another movie soon. Um, so that'll be really fun. I love working with them. And um, it's fun. They have a lot of cool titles. And, you know, it's it's cool, man. I love it. Nice. Yeah, all that stuff sells out, like, super quick, too. Yeah, it's so. wild, man. It's crazy. It's, it's really fun. It's exciting to see people react to it and, and want to buy tapes, you know, and want to buy new movies on tape. So Yeah. And the magazine still doing that? Oh yeah. So yeah. our uh, new issue is in the works. We're about seventy percent done, you know. And there's um, just a couple more articles to be finished up, and some design work, and then we will have a brand new fifty-six page issue, I believe. So nice. It's really exciting. A lot of cool stuff in there. Uh, some cool interviews, good reviews, a lot of looks at you know old uh, rewind era uh, relics and things like that. So okay, yeah. Now, not only other than being an amazing basketball player, you're a good writer too. Hey, thanks, buddy. Yeah. yeah. Do you have, did you have like any formal uh, like Did you go to school or anything? No. Like, for no, no. It was just me, you know, just just writing away. Um, you know, just for years. I mean, I've been doing lunch meat for twelve, thirteen years, maybe more now. And yeah, um, I kind of just grew into it. I did take some classes at Drexel University when I was working there um, for some English and things like that. And it was helpful, but no, mostly just just getting my voice out there and, and just writing all the time, you know? Hell yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's therapeutic, man. You know, you get to get your, your voice out there and connect with people and tell stories and, you know, and, and dive into histories of films and, you know, I enjoy it. It's really, it's really rewarding. You know, it's, it's sometimes it's really difficult to write, but you know, also it's, it's super rewarding. So, yeah. Do you have like, um, like when you sit down to write, do you have like any, uh, I don't know, any rituals? Like, are you like a little Hunter S. Thompson over there? Like, no, I, I think I like to write <laughs> in the evenings. Um, uh, it's, it's, I like to write in the morning just to get my brain awake and then write in the evenings. I'll, uh, I don't know. I just make sure I have my notes ready, you know? <laughs> I yeah. Guess, um, you know, but I guess one of my rituals is like, I'll, I'll I guess with any other writer, you, you pound out like, you know, x amount of words and then you get up and you take a breather and you know do whatever and kick some footballs yeah kick some footballs try to get a 45 yarder hell yeah yeah you take breaks and no no real rituals man i think it's more just like staying on it that's the ritual yeah just constantly doing it yeah 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 like anything in life right indeed yeah do you have any uh have you seen any what was that movie the preview we just saw Psycho Gorman. Psycho Gorman. Yeah. Gorman or Gorman? I think you. She says it's Psycho Gorman, or but I think it's Gorman. I think it, there's no real wrong way. I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, the trailer looks sick. When's that come out? I think it's out now. I think it, you can see it now. Um, it says Shutter, right? It is Shutter. It's okay. RLJ and Shutter. Yeah. And um, there's a VHS release coming out for that. Uh, I won't be doing it in the U.S., but I might be doing it in another territory. A. 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 Another territory. <laughs> Another territory. Yeah. So oh. uh, the movie's really fun. So it's <laughs> perfect for a tape release and just kind of, you know, just meshes with all that aesthetic. And yeah, I think we need that movie right now. You know, just yeah, kind of a fun I'm, horror movie. I so. was sold on the trailer when I saw it. So yeah. hell yeah, sign me up. Yeah, I want to see more classic characters come back, you know, characters that you can really sink your teeth into. You know, I, I think that's what defined a lot of great horror is having characters like Freddy and Jason and Michael, you know, like Lawrence. True. And, you know, wh where is that now? You could say what? Jigsaw, I guess. And that's what people Ugh. say. Um, I'm, uh, I may be in the minority here, but the Saw movies throw that shit in the trash. 
pass. Yeah, I mean, I haven't I seen. Don't, I just don't I've like them. I've seen the first two uh, a bunch, and then when I was in my early twenties, and I'm like 36 now, so um, I like them. You know, I mean, but then they, it, it yeah. inspired all that, like you know, torture porn stuff, and that that didn't really grab me. Like it grabbed a lot of people. Yeah. I just never got on board with the Saw franchise because there was a period there where they were literally putting out one every October. Mm-hmm. It was like Saw 4, Saw 5, and it was like, okay. Um, well, I mean, that's what they were riding. I mean, how many Freddies and how many Jasons are there, you know what I mean? So That's I mean, true. So, I mean, they were totally on their formula, and as long as it was working, you know, as long as the, the wheels are still rolling. Yeah, um, in the span of A Nightmare on Elm Street, which was, the first one came out in like 80, 84. Mm-hmm. New Nightmare came out in 93. I think there was only two years there where the Nightmare on Elm Street movie didn't come out Mm -hmm. in that span. Right. They were really churning them out. So, yeah, in that regard, you know, hey, if they're making money, then... Yeah, and I mean, it's it's. I just brought it up because it's like the one character that I can think of that's like a consistent horror fiend, hmm. like you know, a character <clears throat> of the last twenty years. Not the last twenty years, maybe, but I mean, like, what other ones can you think of? I mean, we we'll put ourselves on the spot. Oh, I mean, Crowley, right? From oh, uh, Victor Crowley, yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's one, and um, that's fair. I don't know. I'll think of one later, and I'll be like, oh, damn it! Well, Ghostface, right? Sure. Yeah. Ghostface. Yeah. So I mean, there, there's there's some out there, but I mean, they're Scream Three Watch Along coming next weekend, guys. Uh-oh. Me and Brandon are gonna watch that piece of shit and uh, <laughs> have a good laugh, and yeah, it'll be a good time. But yeah, good point. I mean, there's not a lot of iconic, you know, characters you can latch on to. That'd be a good deep dive for an episode, man. It's like, what are the new icons and like mm. how do they compare to the old icons and pros yeah. and cons of the icons? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> touche. Yeah, I hear you though. So yeah, this is where I would get into a little bit of horror news, but there's, as usual, not a whole lot happening. Um, I just found out that Sean Cunningham, who was one of the creators of the Friday the 13th, franchise um that had been tied up in legal battles forever and they resolved it a few months ago but now he started a new one he wants to get paid for like back royalties and shit so it seems like friday the 13th is yet again stalled out that's why we haven't had a new movie in like 13 years now so that's lame gotta get paid you know, and it's, it's it's a business like everything else, you know, and yeah, you'd think yeah. that they'd have the, the fan mindset, but I mean, like, we're so far removed from the, all those happenings, you know, you don't know what's really going on over there. And, yeah. You know. I just want a new Friday the 13th movie. I think we all do. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, just have some fun. Yeah. Jeez. It's been a year. It's been quite a year, is what I mean. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I was like, wait, yeah. did a new one come out? No. no. Well, the uh, the fan film never. So there was never a hike alone, and I just watched this the other day. The sequel to that, Never Hike in the Snow. Oh. It had a uh, Tom Matthews from Part Six. He oh. came back to do a, a quick role in that. And Return of the Living Dead. Yeah. And Return of the Living Dead. Yeah. He was so sweet when I met him. I, I'm not. I've told you this before, but I'm not huge on meeting movie stars or, or mm. you know directors or things like that but I, when i met the return of living dead crew tom matthews was so nice he was just like so sweet but cool. um miguel nunez who plays spider was incredible like he was mm. like one of the funnest experiences i ever had like meeting someone uh-huh. i got a signed photo 
Nice. From him, and uh, there was ketchup on it. <laughs> I walked away, and there was just like a huge glob of ketchup on it. Uh-huh. And I, uh, I walked back, and I was like, hey, man, I think there's some ketchup on this. And he's like, oh, damn sure is some ketchup on this. And he just <laughs> wipes it on his pants, <laughs> and he gives it back. He's like, here you go, man. Sorry. And I was just like, this is amazing. Oh, like, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. Well. Well, I mean, you can't go to horror cons these days. Can't nope. really do much of anything, but nope. yeah, and we also don't get a lot of them around here. Um, you know, Raleigh had a Carolina Fear Fest. Carolina last Fear Fest. Yeah. That got canceled mm-hmm. and canceled again. So hopefully they can get that going again. But I'm right there with you. Like, well, for one, like paying for an autograph. I don't know. I mean, for some people, you know, it's worth it, you know, and, and yeah. you know, it's yeah. like the, they're, you feel connected to them because you grew up watching them on the television and it's, it's a thrill to meet them and have a photo op and get, and get their autograph to, it's kind of a keepsake and also a proof that you, you've met them. And, you know, I, I get well, the experience. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, let me take that back a little bit. I, I'm not against like throwing them a little bit of money for an autograph. Like that's cool. Sure. You know, I don't mind supporting people like that, but like, I mean like some of the absurdly high prices they come out with like whenever a bigger celebrity does mm-hmm. it and they're like it's three hundred dollars for an autograph and a picture and it's like wow and some like a, of them go, like a car payment man and some of them go higher than that they're like well i mean i guess they i mean hey if you really want to meet the person uh, is there anybody that you would dish out serious bucks to meet yeah but they're all dead oh <laughs> so i mean Chris Farley. Oh, dude, I would love to to have met dude, him. Take my truck. Here you go. Here's yeah. the keys. If I could be Chris Farley, would you like my house? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Vincent Price would have loved to have met him. Um, right now, someone who is alive. Yeah. Let's see. No, I mean I can't think of one that I'd spend like super duper money on. Yeah. Know? Ernest came to mind, but he's gone too. Oh, yeah, Jim Varney. Good call. Good call. I don't know. There's like some, maybe some rock stars. Yeah, we've kind of like bonded over. Uh... I mean, I still listen to it. You know, oh. I still listen. I listened to Slipknot yesterday. So yeah, I texted you yesterday. I was like, dude, forgot how good LD50 by Mudvayne is. <laughs> this out fucking slaps, dude. Yeah. I forgot to put that on yesterday. I'll put it on later. Oh, it's good, man. Yeah. Oh, rumor is they're reuniting next year. Mm, I wonder what their look's going to be. I don't know. I think they should just go full on LD50, come out in the exact same makeup, and just play that album. Start yeah, I think finish. that's what people want. Give know? the people what they want. For sure. Yeah, they kind of really dropped off there like towards the end of their career. Kind of went like... Almost, I mean, they were never like awful, but they just went kind of straightforward rock almost. Yeah, they yeah. did. I don't. I never really got into Mudvayne too much. The one... The one album, like the blue, white, and black one, I don't know. It's got like a an uh, atom on the front or something. Oh yeah, that's LD fifty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one I was I was listening to with my buddies. Yeah, craziest concerts I've ever been to were Mudvayne shows. I don't know why, but their shows were like straight up violent. Yeah, I remember Ozfest two thousand one. They were headlining the second stage, and this is like middle of July out in a field. And I'm like right up towards the front. It was one of the few times I had to get security to drag me out because I was like legit about to pass out. The oh, crowd no. was just like crushing. Yeah. So you're and you're yeah. like in the heat. You literally can't breathe. And I was you're like, like in a human press. Yeah. And I was yeah. young too. I was like, you know, a foot shorter than what I am now. So I'm like surrounded by all these 
big metal heads and I'm like about to suffocate to death. I was like, get me the fuck out. Yeah, dude. I mean, a lot of people getting out of aggression in that pit, man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I think we should just uh, do a full on new metal episode sometime. We just so down sit down and shoot the shit so down i'm not down with the sickness never oh got, i never got into dude, i always hate disturbed yeah I just, still do it, it's just it was just too late and it wasn't it just wasn't for me yeah when they so they were at Ozfest 2001 also crazy town and papa roach were there so i was yeah. like fuck this i'm waiting for slipknot to come on yeah. later slipknot manson and ozzy what my homie lewis was hit was hit me up he was like dude you know what like papa roach is actually pretty good if you don't like think about it and i'm like i don't know man <laughs> if you don't think about it <laughs> yeah, I'm, Wait, like, what's I'm that paraphrasing even mean? but yeah he's like you know if you like kind of take away the fact that it's like kind of cheesy like it's actually pretty good and I, he's like yeah and i was like you know what else is good man that first sugar ray record that nobody talks about because it's kind of heavy oh yeah good. they were kind of heavy there that for first a minute record was kind of heavy yeah so it was, okay it's, it's not bad yeah hmm people are gonna like sugar ray come on no nah, <laughs> dude I, I know what you mean yeah remember that movie they were in father's day Billy Crystal and Robin Williams, they had like a cameo in that. I don't remember that. This was like 96 or 7 when they were still kind of heavy. And there was a scene where they had like go into this club and Sugar Ray was playing. It's a pretty good movie. Kind of underrated. I know the White Zombie cameo and I know the Cannibal Corpse cameo. This is okay. This is an interesting little topic here. You don't get banned cameos in movies anymore. Yeah. Remember when Deftones were playing in the street? in uh the crow city of angels wow yeah that was the first time i had ever seen deftones i was like who the fuck is this this is that's cool dude and when i bought that soundtrack that was the first time i ever heard corn that was like 96 because they were on that soundtrack too huge bridge dude yeah you know this was like back when you could um like soundtracks were more of a thing Mm -hmm. because you didn't have spotify you couldn't just like go on google and discover like bands that are similar you had to like really dig for it and soundtracks were a way to do that. Yeah. And soundtracks were also appealing because they had exclusive songs on them. Yep. Like there were songs that you couldn't get on, you know, if you really liked white zombie or if you like really like, you know, a, a certain band and you want to hear feed the gods, you got to buy the airhead soundtrack. Yeah, You just got to get that. And you're like, that's the only way you can get that track. And you want to hear that song on uh Beavis and Butthead to America. Just a different time, man. I had that soundtrack. I had to, <laughs> I had the Beavis and Butthead experience on cassette. You know what I'm talking about? The experience. No, what is that? It was just like a collection. They of, had so of, much of, merch of songs. Had like Primus songs and uh, or a Primus song and a bunch of other stuff. It was really cool. It was a cool cassette. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I I noticed that you also follow uh, Beavis and Butthead collector guy on Instagram. Sean. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that dude's got some wild stuff. That's the homie. He's he's really sweet. Really really cool, nice person. Obviously super passionate. Oh, you guys like communicate? A little bit. Yeah, I mean, he's uh he's come to uh VHS Fest and I met him out there and that was really fun and um he is like a cartoon character, man. He's just so cool and 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 you know, he is actually very genuinely sweet and and you know, like I said, it's it's cool to see passion in people and he has it. So. Yeah. yeah. And there's not a lot of uh I mean, I know there's a lot of Beavis and Butthead fans, but not to that level. Well, I think he has the largest collection in the world, right? Yeah. yeah. Shout out to him. Check yeah. him out on Instagram. Yeah, Beavis Beard, and Butthead man. Collector. Yeah. Yep. Well, um, are you ready to talk about Nothing But Trouble, sir? A movie hated by many, loved by few. I don't get it. I love this movie. I'm so excited to talk about yeah, it. Yeah. I am too. Yeah. I am too. 
All right, nothing but trouble. But yeah, man, I, uh, I I don't get why a lot of people hate this movie. I think it's too weird. I think one of the many reasons. I think it was, uh, would you say it's ahead of its time or was it late to the party? Because I feel like 1991, the tone in most, like this is the same year as Silence of the Lambs, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. I feel like had this came out in 84 or 85, that kind of range. Well, that would have changed everything if it came out in 85, you know, because. Or even like 88. Yeah, 88. <laughs> I could see this being like a good pair up with uh, House or Beetlejuice or something like that. I think it was just too strange for for the mainstream, and people were going to see Demi Moore and Chevy Chase, and they were and Dan Aykroyd, and they were used to a certain thing from them, you know. And I think going in and seeing this spooky, bizarre, kind of gross movie was really like. Yeah, it, it left a bad taste in people's mouths because they didn't know what to make of it until still to this day, it's very bizarre. Yeah, you know? it is. Um, so yeah, it came out February fifteenth, almost exactly thirty years ago, which is wild. It was supposed to come out December of ninety, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. And then or they November, pu- December ninety. Yeah, yeah. And then they pushed it back an entire year to like December ninety one. Then they pushed it back yet again and it went through like five different title changes mm-hmm. there was Volcanvania. like the first one was git g-i-t really? that's what dan Aykroyd was writing the the script as it was called git then i believe road to ruin then Volcanvania, mm-hmm. then nothing but trouble i want to say there was maybe one more in there I wish they would have called it Vulcanvania. I think that I would really have. Love uh, that title. Yeah, I don't like the title of the movie. Nothing but trouble. Yeah, and they really. For- I feel like that's the when you know there's spoilers, but when Demi's <laughs> in the room with 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 Chevy, and she's like, "Oh, you're nothing but trouble." Yeah, it's like did they pull that? I had to, and I don't even know if that line was in there because she's not facing him. Yeah. Oh. Okay. The other title that it was called for a little while was Trick House. That's cool. I would like. Yeah, well, because that's kind of a different meaning. But <laughs> yeah, trick house. Yeah, there's a line in the movie. He's like, uh, nothing but a bunch of city chickens running through Grandpa Alvin's trick house. Yeah. So that I guess that's where they pulled that from. Which, yeah, that's better. I I, I still think Balconvania was like the stronger, because I could just see that logo and like some like lightning and like it's kind of falling apart and like they could really like do that. It would it would really set the tone better than nothing but trouble, which is kind of. Seems like a standard comedy movie from that yeah. one. Well, it know? sounds like an album title of like a some cheesy hip hop group. Yeah, like the Rascals or something. Yeah, <laughs> or like I don't know, Fat Boys or something. Or well, they're not Fat cheesy. Boys. Fat Boys yeah. are cool. Shout out to Fat Boys. Yo, Fat Boys. They still alive? I don't know. Probably not. I mean, let's hope so. I mean, yeah. Shout out to you guys. Uh, Digital Underground still alive though. Yeah, and we were talking about cameos and musical cameos in movies, and this one from Digital Underground is yes, this top notch. It is. Oh yeah, this is another. uh, Yeah, there you go. Yeah, add this one to the list. Another great cameo. Another great cameo. The nineties. Shout out to the nineties. So yeah, let's just jump right on into it. Let's do it. So we're on the Jersey Turnpike. We're on the. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know all about that, don't you? Oh, sure. It's okay. You're from Jersey. I is am. that stuff? Is that a thing? Like, and that's like North Jersey, nor- near New York. You know, and are they're there like down burnout a- factory towns and stuff. Mm, yeah, I guess so. I mean, I don't. I didn't really spend. I'm from South Jersey, so I'm more familiar with the Atlantic City side and mm. you know, kind of Southern New Jersey. But yeah, I'm sure there's tons of burnout factories and you know stuff up there like that. Okay. So before we get into the movie, on a quizzy on the top hits oh. of February fifteenth, nineteen ninety one. Not gonna quizzy. I'll just tell you what they are. How can I guess? Gonna make you sweat by CNC Music Factory. Uh, that makes sense. That's a good. That's a good jam. I don't recall that one. What's it? How's it go? What was it? Is CNC Music Factory? Yeah. I'm just gonna guess. It's, it's like. Oh, is that it? I, I think that's it. I'm gonna say yes. Maybe I'll throw in a little uh, music sample here. I think we should. Okay. To make sure that I'm right, and if I'm wrong, it's gonna be even funny. Also, "All the Man That I Need" by Whitney Houston. Yeah, Whitney was on top. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So that makes sense to me. One more try by Timmy T. No clue. Never heard of it. Probably dance with that at the, <clears throat> you know. Oh, yeah. At the dance or whatever. And here's the dark horse. Do the Bartman by the Simpsons. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm going to listen to that on the way home. Was that a like a, a charting song? Apparently. Like when you, was that like a, on top 40? Like, hey, up next we got Do the Bartman by the Simpsons. I hope they were playing that on the radio. I don't remember that, though. I would think I'd remember because I love the Simpsons when I was like, you know, eight years old. I don't recall the song. It's probably like a hip hop song has to be everybody's doing a rap song at that point yeah, yeah with like really bad raps i mean it was all good and bad but this is a reason why digital underground was in this movie you know because they were hitting that culture and did you see the digital underground video for this like the the music video that went along with it no oh it's Does great it, it has dan Aykroyd in it he's oh. like he's like standing beside easy and dr dre in like a bandana like I can't believe I've never seen this. It's bizarre. We'll watch it after this. That's awesome. So, we start out with some overhead shots of Manhattan. We see uh, Peter Aykroyd, Dan Aykroyd's brother, letting Ronaldo and Fausto Squirnery <laughs> and Chevy Chase out of their limos. Squeezy. I'm already losing it, man. <laughs> oh man. Um, who are pl- well? I don't know who plays uh Ronaldo. Is that her name, Ronaldo? I think so. Fausto and Ronaldo. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, Fausto. Fausto was played by um Taylor Negron, mm-hmm. who has passed away. Rest in peace. Died from liver cancer, I believe. But one of the great character actors Love him. of our time. So good. He played a pizza guy in Fast Times at Ridgemont High and Biodome and another movie. He's played a pizza guy three times. He's a good pizza guy. <laughs> yeah, the best. Quintessential. And he's also in one of our favorite movies, The Stoned Age. Oh, boy. Man, if you guys haven't seen The Stoned Age, talk about an underrated little gem from 1993. It's kind of like... Dazed and Confused mm-hmm. meets uh, almost like Beavis and Butthead meets Wayne's World. I don't know. If you like, I don't even know what, like heavy metal dude humor or something. Yeah, a lot of pod even... humor and like, yeah. you know, like sex humor. And it was, it's just like, 
it really brings you into this world. I think they create that world so well, and the characters are so memorable and relatable, oh, and like man. it's so quotable. Yeah, There's like super so quotable, many super funny, obviously. Yeah, but Taylor Negron, he plays uh, a gas station clerk in that movie, and has like liquor store clerk, right? Oh yeah, liquor yeah, yeah. store clerk. Put a little insanity on your potato. Shake it, man. <laughs> oh, I just want to hang out with him. Oh, like, for in sure. That character, yeah. But we can't. R.I.P. R.I.P. Damn it. I would like to meet that dude. Like some off-the-wall character. Absolutely. Yeah. So Chevy Chase, this is where, well, Chris Thorne, played by Chevy Chase, he first sees Demi Moore. Now, while they're in the elevator, Diane sees a document that Chris has that sends her enraged. I think it's... uh, To... uh, trash place yeah i don't know like the the whole story behind it why she gets all upset apparently it was, it was maybe her boyfriend a, yeah her yeah. boyfriend that she was dating like moved forward on some deal without her and she's all upset but anyway she goes to the party that chevy chase is at and asks him for a ride to atlantic city mm-hmm. to confront him right yeah how far is new york to jersey from where they are in New York to, to Atlantic City, it's pretty far. I mean, it's all the way down the state, you know? Yeah. With all that money, couldn't she just, like, fly? They want to ride in the Beamer. Ooh. That sweet Beamer. <laughs> that sweet Beamer. Uh, the BMW, Chris, act like it. <laughs> Come on, you whip chicken. <laughs> chicken. I bet you can do 90. <laughs> 90. This baby can do 130. <laughs> That's going to happen a lot today. Oh, man. So the next day, Chris is hungover, and he tells the valets to hungover to go. But Demi Moore shows up in that that white outfit. Iconic. And he's like, give me the keys. I was telling you, like, some somebody should cosplay this look. That'd be so cool to see that cosplayed because it's such yeah. a deep cut and yeah. it's such a signature look. And it, it really is just, like, fun and sexy and cool. And, like, it's just a cool look. Yeah. Yeah. As he's leaving, though, Fausto and Renata catch him before he leaves. So they're going on the trip, too. And they decide to take the countryside route off the freeway. For a picnic. For a picnic. So they exit off uh, the green green screen express. And according to their sweet GPS, (laughs) the green screen looks awful. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, it's 91, you know. By the way, what was the budget on this movie? It was a lot. It was like forty million. Yeah, I mean it's it only heavily produced picture. I mean, it, we'll get into why too. You know. Yeah, I mean they it, had to cut. They had to like skimp somewhere. Yeah, you know? and it only made like eight million. It was very bad. Very yeah. bad deficit. Yeah. The cheesy kind of unknown horror movie Warlock made more money than this. If that tells you anything, because they they knew the audience that they were going for with Warlock. That's true. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So they drive through Valkenvania, a burnout, grimy town. Chris rolls the stop sign, and John Candy follows behind him. Fausto suggests he outs run the cop. Let's see, let's see if we can do Nandi. <laughs> oh man! But John Candy's car has all these like Batman type gadgets on He's it. Got nitro boosters. It's pretty sweet. He's got a fast car too. Kind of reminds me of the uh, the cop car in Black Sheep. 
Oh yeah. Shout out to Black Sheep. Oh my god. Pretty good. So good. Nitrous oxide like, leaking into the car. Yeah. Rowads. Rowads. I still do that. Rowads. Oh man, I need to watch that again. It doesn't hold up as good as you remember it from when you were a kid. Like watching right. it now, you're like, okay, this is definitely inferior to Tommy Boy, but it's got it some is. really good moments. Yeah. So, anyways, they go on a, a high speed chase. And eventually they stop, and Chris really shows off his privilege here. He's like, all he can do is cite me and hand me a bunch of tickets. Mm-hmm. He yeah. is. In today's world. He's about it. Yeah, he's yeah. not very, very Would have been like guns drawn, like, get on the fucking ground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But John Candy's like, nah, dude, you got to follow me to the local justice of the peace and let him handle it. Now, this was based off a real-life encounter that Dan Aykroyd had. So, really? when he was working on Saturday Night Live, he lived in Canada still. Mm-hmm. So, he would drive, like, late at night to get to New York. So, one night, as he was passing through, like, this this middle-of-nowhere upstate New York town, he got pulled over, and he had to follow a cop eight miles out to this old rundown mansion and, like, see the judge and pay the fine there and the judge invited him to like stay after and have tea so he like stayed after and had tea with this judge for like four hours and just like talked to him was it because he was dan Aykroyd though or was it just was i don't it, know that seem like a thing that he was doing with a lot of traffic offenders i think i think there are like or at least there were people that did this kind of thing like you'd have to go to the yeah i guess it had to be a law at some point yeah i mean dan Aykroyd wasn't like a huge star at the time but i don't know yeah anyways the experience stuck with him so that's what inspired this whole story here it's fascinating i didn't realize that yeah so they arrive onto the property they cross a drawbridge and there's junk and folk art everywhere. I gotta say, like, the production design in this movie. Oh, yeah, I'm glad you brought this up. I mean, same guy that did Robocop and Total Recall, by the way. Um, that's one of my favorite things about this movie. Like, I can rewatch this movie and just, like, look at stuff in the background. Like, there's so many little, I don't know, just interesting I mean, little set it is, pieces it is incredibly detailed yes and it is incredibly heavy duty you know because they're in a salvage yard that's what it's become is like they're in this gigantic salvage yard and it's it's got everything you know in it and i mean it's like like you were saying like folk art and like just like scrap metal and like it's all real like you got to think about like a mountain of toasters yeah like apparently they bought up every toaster in los angeles that's what they said yeah and you see this stuff and you're like wow this is incredible because when you really think about it with the production design you have to imagine this get all the stuff and then move it and like it's just crazy yeah apparently they bought a large collection of junk from Mm -hmm. this guy in i think nebraska that Uh, just had all this shit laying around and they're like hey we'll give you a bunch of money if you just let us haul this stuff off what a payday for that person i know right yeah get your yard cleaned up and by the way here's probably a shit ton of money so. Yeah, and you're going to be a part of this feature. Like, cool. Yeah. There's a funky karma here, man. <laughs> <laughs> Flipper's dad. <laughs> Flipper's dad. 
Oh, we're, just, we're we're totally just inside joking it right now, but oh. hopefully the, these quotes will convince people that this movie is so infectious and fun. There has to, to be it. like uh, more people like us out there that really love and appreciate this movie. I'm hoping so. I mean, I've seen some people like uh, hate on it, and then I've seen people like, "What? I don't get it. I love this movie." So I love the divide, like the yeah. polarization. Yeah. Do you think it's be- well? Let me ask you this: When was the first time you saw this movie? I watched it as a kid, so I watched it on cable. Um, or rented it from from the video store. I can't really recall honestly, but I mean, I watched it so many times. Yeah, um, this was a steady for me um, and my friends. Um, it was a stay home from school classic. Like you know, I don't know if anybody else has that definition, but like, oh yeah, when you stay home from school, there's certain movies that were always on cable in the in like the mornings, and like if this was one of them on HBO or Cinemax, so it was always on. Yeah, same here. Um, we first started talking about this movie when I shared that this was the one tape that broke my VCR when I was a kid. Nothing but trouble. There was a while there I would literally wake up every morning and I would put this movie in while I'm like eating my cereal or whatever. I don't know why I was just obsessed with this movie. And then one day my VCR was like, enough. I've had enough of this. And it just, <laughs> it just ate my tape. Yeah, it might have snapped it too. You never know because it's been run so much, you know? Because if you're really running it every day for that long, I mean, like, it wears down. So, yeah, you would know. Mm. Hey, man. It happens. It happens. So, we meet Judge Alvin J.P. Valkenheiser. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. By the way, those little uh, sheriff badges you see are from Dan Aykroyd's personal collection that are on the wall when they spin around and again like so when i was watching this movie you ever see some movies you're like man if i could like just get me and some buddies and some beers and just party on the set of a movie i would love to do that this movie yeah and we'd probably die because of all of the probably (laughs) we'd be like dude let's go on mr bone stripper again (laughs) let's go man we're gonna stop it right at the end Totally, yeah, I would love to party on this set. I mean, yeah, 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 for sure. So John Candy hands him like all their licenses and all that, and suggests that he just kind of lets him go and blah blah blah. What else you want to do for him? Bake him a pie? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll let you go, and the cat's eyes will spin. No lesson. <laughs> a hula hula hula. A bula bula bula. <laughs> What's he say? Who's got the Who's got the seats to the Mexican hat dance now? Yeah, or something yeah. like that, man. It, he, it's so just like uh, rapid fire for him in this whole movie, and it's just it, he's so that character's amazing. Yeah. Um. So I gotta say, like, it's a pretty uh kind of scary entrance for the judge, like when he snaps and like stands up. Like as a yeah. kid, you're like, ooh. Kind of I mean, he's looking. gruesome looking, you know, he, he looks like a villain, you know, and um, it's it's that's why you said if this movie came out in 85 or something. I mean, like Return of the Living Dead came out in 85 and that changed everything, the way that horror and comedy was mixed together and how mm-hmm. that became such a popular formula, you know, and it if this would have came out years ago, I mean, this is a, a wonderful horror comedy, you know, and it, it, it sides on the on, on comedy, but there's definitely horror aspects to it, you know, and it's PG horror, but it's, it's still fun. And like you said, it scares you if you're a kid. Yeah. It originally had an R rating, but they cut down a lot of, uh, they cut out a lot of stuff. And, God, I would love and to, see to my stuff. knowledge, there's no footage of it. I would love to see the R. Apparently version. like, uh, when the, 
the people we see later that get eaten by the Mr. Bone Stripper, there was like blood coming out the other side too. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense, right? Some yeah. Gore, you know? <laughs> so the judge orders them to uh, stay overnight for a hearing tomorrow, and then he drops them through the floor. And yeah, they're all like arguing with each other and shit. Yep. Nina, you're pulling on my coat now. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I love how she stops too. She's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh man. And that's when we, uh, we cut to the Daniel Baldwin and his friends drunk speeding. Yeah. I forgot Funky that was Baldwin. And when mysterious. I mysterious. Funky and mysterious. Apparently that song was made by Peter Aykroyd for the soundtrack. Really? Yeah. It's not like an actual song. It's cool, though. And I couldn't find it on YouTube. I wanted to listen to the whole song, but I couldn't find it. It's a cool song. Apparently, it's on the soundtrack, though. Mm. Yeah. So, they get pulled over by Mr. John Candy, R.I.P. Um, John Candy's like, I'm afraid you'll have to blow into the breathalyzer. And the other girl's like, I'll blow. Now, when I was a kid, <laughs> you don't know what I'll blow. Him. I was like, it's... Is she gonna like blow on them? Like, <laughs> yeah, you don't know. You don't There's know. There's so and many things. Like, it is fairly suggestive, though. So I think the, you know, the, the more in tune kids might have been like, ew, you know, it, it, it kind of has the effect for the character, I guess. Yeah, I guess when you're five, you don't know like, no, hell no, what a a blowjob is. No, I don't know. But Daniel Baldwin pulls a. Uh, that's not the same Baldwin that's in Biodome, right? That's Stephen Baldwin. Oh, that's Stephen Baldwin. Mm-hmm. Okay. Shout out to Biodome. You don't like Biodome, do you? I like Biodome. I don't want I don't want anyone to ever think that I don't like Biodome. <laughs> okay. I think we had this conversation. I just think that like it's a little rough now. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I watched it recently. I was like, man, this is just wow. But I mean, yeah, Biodome's super fun. It's really stupid. If you want to watch a really stupid comedy movie, Biodome is probably the best. Okay. The Fair era. enough. Yeah. Daniel Baldwin pulls a gun, but finds out real quick not to fuck around with John Candy. Pulls out his bigger gun, and he takes him to the judge. Who's this, Judge Wapner? <laughs> He's like, I want Judge Wapner. <laughs> and they have, like, guns, knives, and drugs, and, oh, yeah, see, you got your crack cocaine, and your, your spoons, and your grinders, and your knives. So he sentenced them to death via Mr. Bone Stripper. Fire Up, Mr. Bone Stripper by Damn Yankees. Such a great song. Pretty rocking song. And yeah, like, again, the set design is super impressive because they bought Mm. this old roller coaster and hauled it in and, like, set it up. And yeah, pretty sweet. It's amazing. I mean, like, it's a death coaster, you know? And, like, it it really (laughs) is just like an, you know... it's such an iconic scene for that movie for me when like Mr. Bone Stripper kicks on and they're like just rolling through this like old school roller coaster and you're like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Yeah. And you're just on edge of your seat and then they, you know, plop them onto Mr. Bone Stripper and then strips their bones, lights out, spits them out, clean as a whistle on the other side. It's super comedic, you know, and it's, it's just really fun. And I love the end when he, when the Mr. Bone Stripper does the laugh, Oh, yeah. He's like, ha, 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 ha. Yeah. Yeah. True. So it is time for supper. Oh, yeah. You got to have a good supper scene. 
Gotta have the supper scene. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which this movie's kind of like in a lot of ways. Yeah, well, it's about a weirdo family that's like totally it's about separated a, from a group society. Of, a group of people that are going down some back roads and they get kind of roped in with this weird family. Mm-hmm. So. Trapped on this property? Yeah. I love this scene. You got the judge coming down from the roof with his fucking legs sticking out. And the music out. is so good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> why does he stick his leg out like that? I think he has a fake leg. He has a fake leg, but why does he stick it out like that? I don't know. I watched then, it last like, night. I was like, why does he do and that? And then like adjust it to sit yeah. down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're just all like watching him. How about a, how about a nice glass of Hawaiian punch? <laughs> how about a nice Hawaiian punch? <laughs> And we could just roll through through the the dialogue because it's just so paced so well and so funny and it's yeah you know it's but yeah they make they get a lot of mileage out of the Hawaiian punch you know yeah he's like nothing I like better after being on the road all day than a nice warm glass of Hawaiian punch <laughs> and it cuts to John Candy he's just like yeah just nodding he's <laughs> like yeah I get you there brother speaking of John Candy we see his dual role oh, his man. sister. Eldona. Eldona. This is Eldona. Yeah. I love the gross ass hot dogs they bring out. Yes. They just look like condoms stuffed with meat or something. Yeah, it looks like condoms stuffed with like vacuum stuff. Like the stuff you pull out of your vacuum, like all the hair. Yeah. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like it looks just it's disgusting. Um now I think it's supposed to be implied that these are the victims. Of the Mr. Bone Stripper. How so? I heard that somewhere. Like, maybe that was some of the cut footage or something. I don't know. I mean, or maybe I just heard that. I mean, it could be, right? I like it. I think it's, you know, turning them into cannibals just like, that's, that's, totally changes the storyline. Yeah, I feel like that could be one of the things they cut out from the movie. They're like, well, let's make them not cannibals. A little too, a little too risky. Because yeah. this movie had an R rating. Now I'm super curious because I think I I do remember that now that you mentioned Dude, it. Dude, so. you have the powers. Yeah. Lunch Meat VHS presents the unrated nothing but trouble cut. Can you imagine me going going? Who owns this movie? Who is it? War, uh, Warner. Warner. Going to Warner, and be like, hey, I'm looking for the uncut version of Nothing But Trouble, Dude, and I'd like to release it on VHS tape. And I, Dan just... Aykroyd is a pretty cool guy, mm-hmm. and he's kind of just kind of like an every guy you know sure i feel like there's a chance there you could just reach out directly and be like look dan well i mean honestly man i i was me up. i was on another podcast recently called ambition radio and he asked me like how do i do what i do and i was like you just ask and that's really all you do man you just the least they could the worst they can do is say no right you know so you always knock on the door so i mean it's an idea man I might shoot off an email later who knows do it yeah God, I would, yeah i'd be so stoked for that so he presses a button and the little condiment train pops up <laughs> i love this they're just like hey you know what this scene needs it needs a little train that goes around the table yeah it, it really like it, it gets more as the as the movie goes on but there's so much like machinery uh-huh. and like things going on and like uh like just little moving parts moving parts of this house you know i think it's really cool it's almost the house becomes a character you know yeah it's really cool and we got a little mustard pit stop (laughs) where the judge puts it on his hot dog here's how i like them i suggest you have them the same way (laughs) 
Go ahead, folks. Pick yourself up a couple dogs. <laughs> oh, and then the scene where he's biting it. You talk about disgusting. Uh, that's dude. like my favorite part of the movie. Him like with his trembly hands trying to shove that hot dog into his mouth and getting like mustard all around his mouth. And then he, in one of those cuts, he has he has the dick nose. Yeah. Chevy Chase looks at him and has an actual dick on his nose. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. What so, is that? because like, uh, <laughs> it happens two more times throughout the movies and it's just totally random yeah so he starts up the train again and it uh he flicks a a pickle at fausto ronaldo oh yeah yeah ronaldo and he's had enough <laughs> he's like come on nina let's go he's like you people are sick wicked funky misanthropic something something animals <laughs> I won't have my sister, who's the queen of the Mardi Gras, sitting at a table with a pickle shooting train. He's right, we gotta go. <laughs> oh, man. And they jump out of the window. And they get shot at as they're running away. <laughs> he's he's yeah. right, he's, we gotta go. Oh, man. So they come to the shit river. That's supposed to be shit, right? That's what is, is Toxic it? waste, yeah. Like all the... Like the because they said it smells like Sao Paulo. It smells like Sao Paulo. And it means it's, they say toxics. So, like, I think it just means, like, it's all, like, the toxic waste from... What is... I thought Sao Paulo was a town, like, a, a city in Brazil. Yeah. So, that's what they're saying? It smells like that toxic city? Toxic waste, yeah. When I was a kid, I thought it was, like, it meant, like, shit or something. Like, it smells like shit. <laughs> i don't well, know I, that's pretty much what they're saying that it just smells really awful so yeah we got to swim through that <laughs> <laughs> oh man we did we did it man <laughs> and they get caught by john candy and they bribe him he's like what am i gonna do with money i've worked for the reeves since i was eight but the bribe works and that's unfortunately the end of Ronaldo and Fausto till the yeah. end of the movie. Yeah. Till the end. I got to say, I wanted them to hang around a bit, a bit more. And I got to say, that's almost the end of John Car- John Candy's character. Yeah. At, we, as the sheriff. As we the see a split cut of him packing his suitcase for like two seconds. And then at the very end of the movie, mm-hmm. you see him in Brazil with. Yeah. As the yeah, postscript. Yeah. That's the end of, well, John Candy as, yeah, as the sheriff. And I got to say, like, he does a good, like, hard-ass cop role, you know? Yeah, like, he, he does it with levity, too, and, like, of course he's a natural comic genius, but I think he his character with so little lines and so little screen time is is really strong, so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did, like, a little bit of deep diving last night, like, the last days of John Candy. Right. Quite sad. Yeah. I didn't know he was all about, like, the cocaine and... Sure. I mean, you know, that's it doesn't surprise me. I mean, you know, that lifestyle is kind of it happens yeah. there in that world. Died at 44. Wow, I was really young. I yeah. Was yeah. So Chris and Diane are in their room and they're like making out and she shuts them down and goes to bed. Ouch. Yeah. That's when she says you're nothing but trouble. Yep. That's when she says, oh, you're nothing but trouble. But John, well, I guess we do see John Candy here. He he's the one that pops up behind the painting with the eyes, mm-hmm. and he spins the bed. Yep. And he opens a door, so he's trying to help them escape. 
So they go down the hall and they're opening all these weird doors. This is where, like, I just love how bizarre all this stuff is. Like, there's a room full of bat shit. Yep. There's a grave in a in a yeah. In a door. <laughs> there's a grave. What else? What was another one? Nursery with all the baby dolls. Yeah. It's just like a a room totally packed with like baby dolls, and it opens up and it's like, yeah, <laughs> it's just goofy. Yeah. Yeah, the bat room's gross. Yeah. Well, they get up to the attic. <clears throat> There's a room full of IDs and newspaper clippings. And even Jimmy Hoffa, apparently. Yeah, I love that joke. Wow. And there's even corpses. I guess this is like one of the closest to actual horror moments you get when they see the corpses. Yeah, because they're dry corpses, but they're still, it's it's for a scare. The yeah. Way they, the way they spin it, for sure. Very psycho-ish, I guess. Also kind of TCM, you know, with the look of, the, mm. of, of those corpses. Good call. Well, another trapdoor opens, and they go down a slide. Diane lands in the junkyard. Chris lands in a pile of bones behind the judge's room. How convenient. Yeah, and we see the judge looking in the mirror. Always oh, was a good-looking fella. Always <laughs> was a good-looking fella. <laughs> Yeah. And he peels off his fucking nose. Oh, dude, th- like that's scary. Like when you're oh, when you're five, six, seven, oh, eight yeah. years old, dude. You're, you're talking about uh, like horror and fright. I mean, it is gross. Like, yeah, even today, like when I watched it the other night, I was like, oh, that's gross. And the, and the sound. Yeah. That when he peels it off. <laughs> yeah. And then he takes his wig off. His head's like all misshapen and shit. Oh. Yeah, it looks like a milk dud. just like or like a a misshapen goober or something yeah yeah and i always thought okay god i remember being a kid when he goes to bed and turns out the light and he farts (laughs) the farts the best part dude i i remember rewinding that like 10 times in a row i thought it was the funniest fucking thing it still is it made me laugh out loud last night it's because you wait for it because it's like the punctuation on the scene yeah Yeah, just a perfectly placed fart farts are just funny they are i mean it placed well and, and used in the right way they are they are yes yeah, aces yeah <laughs> aces well diane meets bobo and little little devil <clears throat> and this is when the movie is just going like full fucking crazy yeah, at this it, point this one, is... of, one of these is played by dan Aykroyd, and the other by a guy that he was on the crew of ghostbusters and a couple of other Dan Aykroyd movies. So I guess yeah. that's where that connection comes in, but he mm-hmm. hasn't really done anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love these these two. They say we both we both got so fat we couldn't finish high school. <laughs> <laughs> How do you get so fat they kick you out of school? <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, does it does it have to make sense? I mean, these these characters are incredible. Oh so. man um really also like this movie is gross like a lot yeah. of the, a lot of the stuff in this movie is just like it's just like like gross out disgusting and that's part of why i love it but it can also be seen as horrific to yeah. a younger audience you know what i mean i think when i watched the gross out stuff it was it was gross yeah but it was also like how garbage pill kids was a little scary at times you know, right for you when you're watching it when you're like six seven years old sure has that kind of direct effect yeah i think so yeah well, they hear Diane and chase her, and she runs into Eldona, but they stop her from throwing her down the fiery pit. Mm-hmm. 
Meanwhile, the judge gets a call that they got some new offenders in the courtroom. And it's uh, Digital Underground. They pull up to the mansion. In a hearse. In a hearse. She is one redneck cross-burning Pecklewood police bitch, man. <laughs> oh, my God. I never caught that line before. And I was like, damn. Like, that is, I, 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 had that's to go, I had to go back and rewatch it and like type it out. Yeah, that's... Uh, redneck cross-burning Peckerwood police bitch. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, he's, he, get, he nails her with that. So Chris goes into the judge's room while he's gone, but the judge comes back and a fight ensues. Yeah, we get a little fight here. His foot gets caught in a bedpan. Like, yeah, it's... But eventually he runs out of the room and runs into Eldona. And she decides to keep Chris... As her new husband, I guess. Well, that's the law. So if whoever she touches, she, she keeps. keeps. Yeah. It's mean- Death or Aldona. <laughs> That'd be a pretty sick name for a band. Death or Aldona? Yeah. All right, let's do it. Not bad, right? Not bad. DOE? Whoa. Bro, you want to go to the DOE? Okay. Death or Aldona? Who's Aldona? You ever seen Nothing But Trouble? And then it starts a whole conversation. Yeah. We're, we're there, dude. We're there. <laughs> So, yeah, he goes down to meet Digital Underground with Tupac. Doing some backing vocal? Yeah. Well, not yet. Meanwhile, Eldona's stripping for Chris. Diane's playing cards with Bobo and Lil Double. And then it cuts to All Around the World starts playing. And fucking Tupac is in this movie. Mm-hmm. Tupac Shakur. Mm-hmm. I mean. Young boy. Yeah, he started out with Digital Underground as like a hype man, kind of like a Flavor Flav type guy. Mm, need a backing vocal too, yeah. Dan Aykroyd lays down a fiery solo on the piano organ. Yeah, he does rip. <laughs> he does rip it. <laughs> you sure are a gaggle of musicians, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so the judge lets him go on the condition that they play Here Comes the Bride for Eldona and Chris's wedding. And they re- remix it into... Tie the knot. Tie, tie, tie the, the knot. knot. Oh, that's what they say. Yeah. Oh, I thought they were just saying like, da, 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 da. No, like, tie the knot. Oh. Tie, tie the <laughs> knot. <gasps> <Dun, dun, dun. laughs> it's, a tight little, it's a tight little thing. Yeah, it? it is. They do the marriage ceremony. And Chris bags Tupac and Digital Underground to take him with him. So he sends Chris on Mr. Bone Stripper. So we get to rock out to this some more. Ted Nugent is an asshole, but the song rips, I gotta say. Mm-hmm. This was his band before he went solo. Did you know that he dodged the Vietnam War? I've he, heard that, yeah. He was a draft dodger, mm-hmm. which is kind of ironic because he's Mr. Rah Rah America go-to-war guy now. Yeah, but it's just a persona. Yeah. I guess. Who knows Fun what's fact. Real, what's real anymore. Yeah, but the song does rip. But the bone stripper breaks just in time. I did wonder this, like, I wonder where the, uh, if the painting on the front with the Mr. Bone Stripper, like with the logo and everything, mm-hmm. I wonder if that's like in a storage facility somewhere. Who knows what happened to everything? I mean, I, in that interview in Starlog that we both looked at, yeah, the production designers, like, they were like, what's going to happen to all this stuff afterward? And he's like, probably just throw it away or people come buy it. That's right. Yeah, I did read that. Yeah, so who knows where it's at. But I like the, the detail on that Mr. Bone Stripper facade because it looks like the entry of a funhouse, but then they painted Mr. Bone Stripper over top of it. 
Right. So it just looks cool. Like there's that much attention to detail in all the production. So it's cool. Yeah. You know what would be sweet? Some Mr. Bone Stripper merch. I'd wear a Mr. Bone Stripper like, shirt. <laughs> like a shirt with that picture on it? Somebody's listening. Do a Mr. Bone Stripper shirt. Try to license it. Lunch meat. Make it happen. <laughs> yeah, it'll come with the Hey, the all you horror t-shirt companies out there, you love doing like, like, do we need another run of Halloween shirts? Not really. I love the series too, but come on. We need a Mr. Bone Stripper. <clears throat> we need shirt. a Nothing But Trouble exclusive merch line. God, I'd rock it. So Chris runs through the junkyard to escape while the judge and Eldona test out the contraption to slice Diane in half. I love the little moment, like when he's about to talk to Diane, he's like, want a mint candy? (laughs) You want a mint candy? (laughs) He's just so like casual about everything yeah it's just great it's yeah. like such a just old person thing to do like want some, want some hard candy so he tells chris he needs to show himself and he'll let her go so chris hears the judge over the intercom thing where the hell's that dog food eating grandson of mine <laughs> That's my favorite, one of my favorite lines dog, dog food eating grandson yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the the insults that he he slings out are just it's they're so original you know and yeah and, and they're really fun and, and it really like it feels like he's you know from the 1800s but he's like one of the more crude people well apparently you know? he's 106 mm-hmm. so so chris has five minutes to show himself and bobo and little devil are tying diane down we don't like him, but we love you. <laughs> we wish we were tying him down. <laughs> so Chris lights a barrel and rolls it out, and we get a massive explosion just in time. Chris unties Diane, and they make an escape. I do love the uh, when they're running through the tire yard section. There's like these giant statues. Yeah, they that creeped me out when I was a kid. Yeah, those I, things. I, I noticed those last night too. And you got to think like again when I was talking about like all the production value and like the the way the set design works and the production design, like those things were actually there. Like yeah. those huge things. You know? Yeah. So it's just cool. I agree. And also the cinematographer for this, I mean the uh, DP is Dean Cundy, who's like a total legend. Yeah. He worked on the original Halloween I mean, and Halloween too. It's it, it is photographed really well. You know, I, I think it's it's a sound movie overall. Yeah. yeah. It's just too weird. We'll get into that, I guess. Oh, yeah, yeah. They run by the same little moat area. And we'll save this, my gripes with Chevy Chase in this movie, which there were a lot. He says, smells like Sao Paulo, but compared to, like, Taylor Leon, like, so flat. You know? Yeah, but that's his that's his vibe, right? He's so like nonchalant about all his snappy comebacks. Well, there's a lot of things about um Chevy Chase in this movie. Like he's just lazy. Yeah. You know, like he you can tell he's just not feeling the movie. Phoning it in. Yeah, but there were like <clears throat> did you get into uh some of the behind the scenes drama with Chevy Chase? It's yeah. a shame he's such yeah. an asshole because yeah. I like a lot of his movies, but Apparently he's like a notorious asshole. I knew that. I mean, I learned that a while ago and you know, it's a shame. It's a shame when someone who you, whose art you like is, is a jerk. Yeah. And apparently he like chewed out Dan Aykroyd on set a lot and like kind of threw it in his face that he was getting paid more for this than him. And like, 
He was a dick to everybody on mm, set. Sounds like a swell guy. Yeah. Sorry to piss on the parade here. <laughs> Anyways, they run to the passing train and grab on. And they make their escape. And next we see Diane and Chris in the FBI office. They convince them all to drive out to the mansion and confront the judge. You kids better look out behind you. There's a bee's nest. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess like the entire FBI and all the local cops knew about all this. And Well, he's like their secret weapon, right? They kind of like, I guess we, we don't like how he handles things, but he does get things done. Yeah. And it's like, you know, he's. He's a judge, and he's he's the Reeve, and he's been that way for, uh, you know, 80, 90 years. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure it, it makes, doesn't make as much sense as they want it to, but I get it. You know, I'm kind of forcing it, you know, suspension of disbelief kind of thing. Sure. It's definitely not the most bizarre thing in this movie. No, <clears throat> that kind of just slips right by, so. Yeah. Well, then the uh, little earthquake starts. It's the coal fire! <laughs> and the house crumbles apart, and... Diane and Chris find the Beamer and escape. And they look back to see the house crumble into the ground. They had to shoot that twice, didn't they? Yeah, I read that. They kind of had to film the house shaking apart and then reassemble everything and do it again. Yeah, it's crazy. I was thinking about that as I was watching it last night and how cool the effect is and you're like, man, now you got to rebuild that and shoot it again because he wasn't happy with it. Or there was a yeah. mistake, right? They lost a bunch of the footage or something? Uh, That's what I, I remember know. reading is that really? they, they lost some footage or something went wrong and it erased or, or something or another and had to shoot a bunch of stuff again. Hmm. So we cut to Brazil. We are in Brazil mm-hmm. at a mansion with I a was. sick pool with a killer view. And Dennis, Fausto, and Renata are all together. Dennis is married to Ronaldo, my lover. Squinterizy, friends of the bride. I gotta say, I like the way they tie their stories up here. Mm-hmm. You know, we get a happy ending for these three. Yeah. Um. So it's. I kind of wish they were all in the movie more. Looking back on it, but whatever. Chris and Diane are back in their apartment, or his apartment, or hers, or whatever, and Chevy Chase is trying his hardest to still give a shit about this movie. Uh, (laughs) This is one of his best scenes, though, where he's having the nightmare. Yeah. Like, Like, it's classic Chevy Chase, yeah. So they see a news story on the television of the, the house collapsing, and they see Uncle Alvin digging through the rubble, and... He's got his light. He's still got his license. He's still yeah. got his IDs. Full like, on dick nose. The dick nose comes yeah. back. Dick nose is there. See you soon, banker. And, and then it has the, the, the ending is with the cartoonish hole. Yeah, the cartoonish in the wall. hole in the wall. I thought that was watching. I was like, man, that's a weird way to end this movie. Yeah. 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 But it fits the bill because it is so bizarre. Yeah, I guess it's not a it's not the worst ending ever. Definitely could have cut it. Cut with uh, the image of Dick Nose holding up the ID. Cut it there. You're you're good. I think so too because that's all you needed, right? And yeah. Then I think they wanted one more joke, and with that, you know, the cartoonish like 
human shaped hole in the wall because he just yeah. ran through the wall. I mean, like it's which would obviously never happen, but yeah. whatever. Yeah, that's the end of the movie. It is so. Ten point scale. What do you give this movie? Personally, on a personal level, yes, like a seven, seven five. That's about what I'm thinking. Um, as a movie for every for everybody else, I'd have to say it's like a five five. You know, because it's just too, it's really bizarre and it really is an acquired taste. Yeah, I think it helps that we saw it at a certain age and it, it affected us in a certain way. You know, because I can see how people might think it's just too bizarre or cheesy or yeah i was gonna ask you that like do you think our opinions are skewed because we grew up with it? i think it they have to be you know because it was a different context for us and it was a different time mm-hmm. in the world and it was a different time for us and we saw it at an, at an impressionable age yeah you know and i think you have to consider that and i think it was just a perfect recipe for one of our favorite cult films you know yeah, I agree. But I feel like if I saw this movie for the first time today, it would be one of those movies where I would say, God, I wish I had seen that when I was a kid. And so we're you glad know? we did, you know? And Yeah. And I mean, how like how did I miss this for this long? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That kind of feeling for sure. Yeah. So let's get to some of the cons of the movie. The biggest thing for me, I think that it would really help if we had a leading character who's supposed to be Chevy Chase that we could really latch on to or the audience could latch on to. I just feel like he's not really likable. Yeah, likable. And from an acting standpoint, like there's a lot of scenes where you can tell he's just like, here's my line. You think I, I think I see what you're saying. And I think I just always took it as that was his character like he's kind of a jerk mm-hmm. and kind of not likable and kind of like not aloof but very just casual about everything he do, he doesn't seem to care about much you know what yeah. I mean? and i think that's why he seems distant like and, and not as involved you know because i think it was supposed to be dan Aykroyd that played him right yeah yeah that was uh originally the plan and i think that would have worked better but would he still play the Reeve? I don't know. I don't know how you would do because that. Because the Reeve is like the most important character. Yeah. Yeah. He crushes it as Judge Alvin. Yeah. Uncle Alvin. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the rest of the cast is good. You got, I mean, Demi Moore. She apparently she was great to work with on set. Like everybody on set got along except Chevy Chase. You know, he's a prima donna anyway. Yeah. We all knew that even before his, his jerkness was exposed. Yeah. Did you ever see his TV show, his short-lived The Chevy Chase Show? No. I've he hosted it. Late Night for a while. He lasted about like a month or two, yeah. and it was so awful they they canceled it. There's a lot of footage on YouTube, but it's like so clear why when you watch it. It's like, wow, this is bad. He's just so not right for a TV host. You know, and I, I, I like Community, and I think that his character in, in Community is kind of um, making fun of himself, right? Because he's mm-hmm. like this self-important dude that like... Didn't he have like a big falling out with everybody on that show? Probably. 
probably. I don't know. But yeah, I, mean, like, I think it he seems did. par for the course for, for Chevy Chase. So. Yeah. Did you ever see the roast of Chevy Chase? I have not, and I'd like to see it. It's great. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Apparently, after the roast, he like went to his hotel room and like just was like depressed for a few days or something. Because with most roast, it's like, hey, I'm going to throw all these jabs at you. But then they're like, but you know, I love you and blah, blah, blah. But there was like none of that. People were just like straight up no, talking no, shit yeah, to him. But yeah. like he didn't have a whole lot of like, hey, but you're a good guy. It was a whole lot of like. But really, we hate you. Yeah, a lot of Thanks that. Thanks for the free dinner and drinks. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so I think with, uh, let's see, who would have been like, let's see, 1991, who would have been a decent leading man? In 91? Bruce Willis. I don't think that would have worked. Maybe. Michael Keaton? Michael Keaton? Okay. I could see that. Um, Damn, that's a good call. I, I like Michael Keaton in that role he would he would be great in that role i think i think he would play well with his humor because mike michael keaton's a little out there as well yeah he's a little like a lot of centric and he he can be that way too you know and um i just think that chevy chase really isn't that charming in this movie as he was supposed to be i think that like chris thorne was supposed to be like a playboy charmer rich guy yeah and he just comes off as an arrogant aloof rich guy in this yeah because you think demi moore is into him you mm-hmm. know, she's a beautiful lady and she's smart and you know and, and daring and it's like why is chris thorne getting this chicken you don't really understand it you know and but this is all coming back you know to watching it in the recent years too you know as a kid you're not really thinking about that but, yeah but yeah, yeah to your point you know what i mean yeah for sure what are some other let's see what's a good like uh double pairing for this movie a double feature? Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Double feature. Um, does it have to be of the same era or just like the same vibe? Uh, whatever you want. Freaked. Freaked? You should watch Freaked with this. I've never seen that. Oh, man, I love it. It's such a... It's an, a special effects... Uh, just... What year was that? I think it's 97. 97? I think so. Oh, wow. Um... Somewhere around there, but it's Alex Winter. That's right. Yeah, dude. this is a pretty rare tape, right? I guess so. I guess it's kind of hard to get on tape. I've seen it go for pretty high on eBay. I love believe. this movie, and it's just like another just like weird oddity, bizarre, bizarro comedy, and it has so much great um, uh, special effects. And you know, I didn't Randy Quaid as a total psycho. So. Oh, Randy Quaid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm surprised Randy Quaid didn't show up in this movie somewhere. I feel like he would have. Maybe he was doing something else because I feel like he would have too. Makes sense. Yeah. Right? <laughs> but who knows? We'll have to look at what he was doing in 91. See what he was doing. Mm. It'd be interesting to see. What year did, um? what's that movie? I heard you talk about it on a Parents. Pod. Parents. Yeah. I heard you talk about that once. Yeah. That was 89, I believe. Okay. I think so. Well, I think they filmed this in, if it was originally supposed to come out December of 90. So maybe he was doing parents and he was getting a lead role. So maybe that's why he didn't come on. Yeah. That's interesting. It could be the timeline could be wrong, but it's an interesting thought. Yeah. Shout out to Alex Winter. He doesn't get a lot of work these days, does he? Yeah, he's really busy though. I mean, like he really? uh I mean he just did Bill and Ted. Haven't watched it. You haven't seen the new one? Did you like it? I haven't seen it. I'll be honest, like I don't 
dislike Bill and Ted by any means, but I think I just missed the boat on that. Like I didn't see it a lot when I was a kid, so I don't have that same nostalgia factor for it. I think if there's three movies that kind of modeled my personality, it's <laughs> it's Beetlejuice, Wayne's World, and Bill and Ted. Really? Yeah. I mean, like you know me. Okay. Like, yeah, I, I, I can see I mean? that. So it's just like it's, I could see that. It's like Wayne, Bill and Ted, and Beetlejuice. You know, and it's it's kind of. Uh, I just think they're cool dudes, you know, and I love the Bill and Ted series <laughs> and they're so much fun. And I'm actually one of the people that think that bogus journey is better than excellent adventure. And I know that there's some people, is that a hot topic? I think so. You know, okay. When any sequel is, is superior. I mean, I think it's, it's a conversation mm, instead yeah. of, except for the like bride of Frankenstein and, you know, stuff like that where it's obvious. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know my three. That's a good... Well, I guess Halloween, you gotta throw that one in there. I don't know. Shaping personality-wise. Yeah, I just like, know. you know, your ideals, the way you, the way you hang yeah, out and stuff. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Know? Yeah. I got gotcha. you. Well, I guess we don't have to talk about nothing but trouble too much more. Or Seriously, though, I want you to like look into trying to find the unreleased there ha- Maybe footage. on the Laserdisc? Maybe. Who knows? We'll have to look it up. My friend Anthony Klein would know. He loves this. Shout out to Anthony. We love this movie. We quote it all the time with each other. You know, and I think it, that's the thing about Nothing But Trouble. It becomes like a, it's a cult movie, but it's also a cult of, of taste, you know, and it, 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 maybe it is because we saw it when we were young. We watched it our whole lives, but there has to be people that grew up on this movie, you know, our age. And yeah, um, it is extremely quotable. Like I said, you could run through the dialogue all day and it's just so funny and it's it's a it's a barrel of laughs but also because i was thrilled to talk about it with you because this movie is so bizarre like it's so weird yeah they didn't know how to market it that's probably why it failed and people were just weirded out by this movie yeah you know apparently roger ebert refused to give it a review that's absurd why why because he's too good for it Man, what an insult yeah wow mr snooty roger ebert apparently apparently he was in a, a theater and there were some teenagers like kind of talking loudly and laughing at the movie and he went over to him and asked if they could talk louder so you didn't have to hear this movie that's going on well 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 it's like well well, aren't you just a cool guy, Roger? Seeking attention much? Ooh, snap. Shots fired. He's dead, right? I don't, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, Roger. I don't want to speak ill of the dead. That's not good. And yeah. You, we're... You've contributed a lot of great stuff. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, whatever. But, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I love this movie. I will forever defend its honor. Um, I've had to defend it quite a bit. It kind of makes me mad when... You know, I I see other people cover this movie and it just turns into a let's rip this to shreds and talk about what a big piece of shit it is. But I just don't see it that way. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't what are the things that people say when they rip it to shreds? Phil? Like they say, like the acting is awful and the story's stupid and it's just a lot of people act like it's the worst thing ever made. And I just don't see it. I mean, yeah. just from like the production design alone, I mean, that gets major points and Yeah, I mean I mean I see what, what they could say where like the acting is not great, okay? I disagree. I think that Chevy Chase, I think you, you put it in my head now that he is being a little lazy and seems a little like 
detached. Yeah. I think Demi Moore does a great job. I think yeah, that John does. Candy does a great job, even though he has like what, like 14 lines in the whole movie. Yeah. And um, because Aldona is mute, by the way, yeah. she doesn't speak. Um, she says, <laughs> yeah. And I mean, so basically it is Dan Aykroyd carrying this movie to me and that his character is so awesome and weird and funny and like i don't know i think that's what makes it worth it to me is the dan Aykroyd performance that that it's his baby you yeah, know like this yeah. is his movie like if you like dan Aykroyd at all i mean this this is a movie that you have to see because it's a complete essence of his vision of something yeah this is know? essentially opening up dan Aykroyd's brain and him like filming whatever is going on up there he's like yeah. i want a train that revolves around the table i want a mr bone stripper i want mm-hmm. giant babies in diapers in the junkyard yeah. i want a a room full of bat shit and he's got to know that this was such an incredible risk yeah you know because he knew that it was strange he knew that it was weird and also how difficult it was for him to direct uh do two characters i mean he's directing that film in that baby suit yeah <laughs> you know i mean like and if you see the film and can if you can imagine taking direction from dan Aykroyd inside of this giant baby suit yeah i mean like that's it's yeah, pretty I, interesting i kind of feel bad for dan Aykroyd because of this movie because he was never allowed to direct again this movie lost a shit ton of money a lot of people were upset at him and I like Dan Aykroyd as a person. I think he's a very interesting guy. Um, he's really into like paranormal and mm-hmm. occult. Yeah. And he's got that really cool skull vodka. Yeah, I have. Uh, I've drank quite a bit of that. I have a couple empty bottles in the house. I mean, I. I'm sure there's like some vodkas, like aficionado that's like, haha, you bought that, but I'm like. I think the bottle's cool. Have you seen Whatever. the bottle? I mean, like, it's, and it's Dan Aykroyd. I mean, and I'm like, no expert, but it's good vodka. Sure. I yeah. mean, I drank it. It's good. I mean, like, come on. I'm not a connoisseur either, but I mean. Yeah. It, you're drinking vodka out of a skull that Dan Aykroyd made, so it's pretty cool. Pretty metal. Yeah. You know what he should do? Is release, like, a limited run in, like, the Hawaiian punch cans. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'd buy it. I'd buy it. <laughs> With like the little the the uh the gas tank little yeah. nozzle on it that you like you, and then when you pop it, <laughs> and then when, yeah, when you pop you, it open, you get hit in the face with a pickle and you're like, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, uh, yeah, I mean and a pickle shoot it, Jade. Oh yeah. Please watch this movie, everybody. I mean I yeah, I know that Watch it with an open mind. Like it's not the greatest movie ever made, but just like just accept whatever happens on screen and don't try to justify it. It's very just off the wall and crazy. But if you've never seen it, I mean, thanks for listening to us talk about a podcast about a movie you've never yeah. seen. Yeah, but hopefully we convince you to, to at least check it out or it's that it's interests you, you know, because it is a really fascinating film. Absolutely. Um, well, I guess we'll go ahead and wrap it up, Josh. Anything you want to... Well, hey, thanks for coming on, man. I really Dude, appreciate it. It's my pleasure. My pleasure. You know, I, I you know love that movie and love hanging out with you, so... Absolutely, man. I was going to suggest we go shoot some hoops after this, but I think it might might get dark. It's cold as shit it's outside super today. Cold, yeah, I think it's too, too cold for balling today. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'll catch you next week, though. Yeah, man. Anything you want to throw out there to the world? Where can people find you? 
What do you got coming up? Groovy. Well, I uh, lunch me VHS if, uh, dot com or lunch me VHS and all the social medias. If you want to see some radical tape culture, VHS stuff, VH stuff all the time. <laughs> um, yeah, you can check out the site. I mean, you know, I got lots of cool releases coming up, a brand new issue coming up. Sick merch. Sick merch. Uh, I mean, you know, we're just trying to keep VHS alive and celebrate it, appreciate it. Hell yeah. You know, and, and just have some fun with it and so much beautiful stuff going on in the VH- VHS culture. So uh, just come check us out, hang out, hit me up. Let's talk tapes. Hell yeah. Well, Josh, on that note, we're going to wrap it up here. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Absolutely. Man. Hope to have you back on soon. Any time. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll do it. If there was like one bizarre off the wall movie that you would want to do, what would it be? Mm. Movie I want to talk about? Yeah. Like maybe one that like man, nobody talks about that movie. Hmm. Don't want to put you on the spot. That's all right. I would say parents, but I mean, I just did that one. Oh, um, yeah, I just did that one. With uh, you need to see this. Let me think on it, man, because I can scare up something real good for you. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. I'll tell you what. If you pick one out, you can come back on. Okay. It can be anything. I don't even have to have seen it. I'm going to hit you up in a couple hours and be like, here it is. Okay. <laughs> Let's do it. I don't have cool, anything man. going on yeah. tonight. We'll run through all of uh, Polly Shore's movies. How about oh, that? Oh, boy, yeah. No. Wow. <laughs> You're like, no, nah, pass on that. We's the juice. We's in the juice. All right, everybody. Um, thank you so much for listening. I uh, really appreciate it. If you want to drop me five stars on iTunes, that would be appreciated as well because that helps me get the the spook house word out there. Helps out with the algorithms and all that. But if you don't, whatever. I still love you anyway. Thanks for listening. All right. I will see you next time, everybody. Bye. Hula, hula, hula. <laughs> bula, bula, bula. <laughs> <laughs>